Welcome to the Making a Mark Wrestling Podcast, episode 23. This episode, we continue on with our tag team wrestling tournament, AEW's inaugural tag team tournament to decide who their first ever tag team world champions are. And I want to get a quick little apology out of the way. I am very ill at the moment, so if I sound a bit off or you hear any sniffles around, please just put up with it because I can't help it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the match we watched this time was SCU, with the team of Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky going up against the best friends, the team of Chuck Taylor and, oh my god, Trent. Laura, your star rating, please. Um, I wasn't sure because, like, just going pure, oh, what kind of mood is I in? How would I feel after the match? Wanted to give it four out of five but then thinking about it more like the things there wasn't a lot I didn't like but the things I didn't like are stuff that is pretty like some of my bigger pet peeves and things that I guess just stick a bit more so I'm gonna I'm gonna say 3.5 stars out of five three and a half yeah that still means that like so far this tag team tournament's doing pretty well you know yeah it's this winning record so far yeah, because I liked, like, overall impressions. I liked the length of it a lot. It's kind of my perfect, like, the ending didn't feel rushed, but I also wasn't like, all right, someone win already, hurry it up. Like, I wasn't kind of fatigued of the match and just waiting for it to end. Uh, everything felt, for the most part, pretty clean. There were some really impressive, like, moves, as well as just, like, all the little filler stuff. A uh, fair amount of personality from all the wrestlers. I really liked the camera work. It was pretty good. The only things that took away from it were some of the pre-match, like before they got into the ring stuff, and um, a few times, or just the occasional moves. Like, most of the match, the moves looked really good, and they got in and out of them really fast. Like, you didn't really see a lot of waiting around or setting up for an obvious, like, something's about to happen. But then the few times that you did see that set up, it was, like, almost cringy bad or like obvious i guess to me i would say so it wasn't frequent but when it did happen it took me right out of the match i guess that's fair yeah there, there were some things about this match that i like just knew going in you weren't gonna be like a big fan of you know what i mean um like it starts off with interference before interference like the match has even started and i was like oh well, laura's not gonna be a fan of this and it's, it'd be one thing if it's like, I thought the people that were interfering were people they're wrestling against, but they weren't. They were like random other people. And I guess maybe, you know, if you watch and you know the feuds or the storyline, like there's, there, I'm sure there's a reason. They're not just there to be annoying. But when you're a casual observer of the match, it's real annoying because I don't know your story. I don't care about it. It doesn't make sense. And it just irritates me. But there's like a match where we've watched where it can be done in a way that doesn't bug me. Like the we watched a match for a podcast episode that hasn't come out yet uh, because we're waiting for a guest to join us. But there was a similar, there's pre-match interference that means one of the wrestlers can't wrestle. But, and even then, I don't watch the promotion. I haven't known what's going on. But it was still done well enough in that moment and then explained with the commentators that I got the motivation behind it. And it was like a vengeance thing. Like this person had an issue with that person in the past and felt like they should have been there. Like, I got all that. I did not get that from this. I have no idea why those people attacked that guy because the commentators are too busy going, oh, wow, oh, brutal, oh, oh, boy. Like, nothing of substance. So I don't know why. It was just there and it was annoying. So, um, 
you, in theory, could have known this, but you'd have had to pay really close attention to realise it. You know when they showed us, like, like, last episode we watched, they showed us the full, sort of, tag team tournament bracket? Okay, that last episode was, if we want to be Mimi, I a know. decade ago. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I said you'd have had to be, like, you know, paying yeah. very close attention. Um, yeah. But when they showed the bracket, um... Whoever won this match between SCU and the best friends would go on to face the winner of Lucha Bros versus um, Jurassic Express. And Lucha Bros are the ones who did the attack. So, they came out and attacked who they felt were the stronger team in this match so that when they win their match... You know, Del Inferior have a weaker team to face. See that that just makes me even more annoyed by it, though, because a that's the kind of thing that seems like should there should be rules against, and it's stupid, and it doesn't make sense in like the organizational structure we pretend exists. But also, b that's just a oh, I'm just dumb, and I I think I'm a bad wrestler, so I can't. The other one is like there was emotional motivation. There was a a bit more of a. I guess, like, character story versus just, oh, take out the competition, uh-huh, which also seems like it should just be blatantly illegal and against the rules anyway. I mean, it did so, It did go on to start a huge storyline that's still going to this day. So, like, it, although it didn't have storyline, you know, consequences in the moment, like, it's it's gone on to have long-reaching storyline consequences. It yes, started a feud. But it still started out stupid. I don't like it. That's my so-educated opinion. On the matter. For anyone that doesn't know, so what actually happened was literally as SCU are walking down the ramp, haven't even made it to the ring, the Lucha Brothers just start, like, attacking them. And one of them does... I thought it was a tombstone, but the guy called it something else. I think he called it a pile driver. And the thing where he had him picked up and he, like, dropped down to the ground, like, and the guy's head hit the... In theory, which some... Hans and I went back and forth arguing did or didn't it. But in theory, his head hit the metal ramp and the guy then stopped moving for a fair amount of time and was taken away on a full on immobilized like spinal board. So like not wrestling, they're legitimately at least playing like they're worried about a head neck injury and they did it real well. Um, So that's what happened. Because also that's also part of what bugged me is not only did you just like wrestle him and he's like, oh, well, now I'm injured. It's like with the amount of people they called in and either they're all really good actors and they did it medically perfectly spot on the way you'd like put them on the board and like immobilize the head and stuff. Or did you actually just fuck up that guy's neck? Like that's not okay. Like either way, I don't like it. I don't like how it's like the serious thing happened, but we're already just like powering on through with the match. Cause there's a guy here who's, who's taken off a shirt. So he's down to wrestle versus no, you've actually seriously injured a wrestler. And like, we're mad about that. I don't know. Don't like I mean, it. Didn't I mean, like it. They hadn't even finished their intro. I didn't even know the SCU guys' names. I didn't even know who they were. They had taken like three steps, and then the Lucha Brothers are there. Just bam, bam, bam. I mean, um, if I'm going full kayfabe to try to explain kayfabe. why they would continue to match after that, is like, it's all about adding importance to the belt. Like, the fact that his team are willing to still go out there and wrestle while he's potentially seriously injured shows just how much the belts matter to these people. These belts aren't a joke. They're not just going to 
brushed them aside. They are life-changing. Like, I, I guess, and also as a newer promotion, I guess that's kind of the way they want to treat it, because you have to, but still leaves a bad taste in my mouth, and it just set, it set, I'm surprised how much I liked the match by the end of it, considering that started off setting, like, a really bad tone in my head, pretty much. Yeah, and that was one of the main of reasons it lost a lot of star rating, is that alone, and then there's just a few other things. Like I said, the setups for some of the moves in the match, that was it. But it was mainly that beginning. One thing I really liked about it is, um, so you won't notice as a sort of casual viewer, right? But in SCU, you know they're like a three-man team. There's mm-hmm. Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, and Christopher Daniels. Mm-hmm. Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian are legends. They've been around forever. Like, Christopher Daniels has literally wrestled thousands of matches. That's not an exaggeration. Thousands. It's a lot. Whereas Scorpio Sky, he's still been around a while, but nowhere near as long as the other two, and he's never had the chance to shine like the other two. He's never been given a chance to show what he can do by a promotion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one great thing that happened here was, like, AEW were like, oh, look, they've chosen the two experienced veterans to do the tag team tournament because that makes sense. These titles matter so much, you want your two best guys to do it. You know, Frank Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. But then they write Christopher Daniels out to give a, like, storyline reason why they're going with the less experienced Scorpio Sky instead, and in doing so, give Scorpio Sky a real chance to, like, shine and build him into a star. He you know did what I mean? do very well. Like, I was very yeah. impressed with him in the match and thought he had really good, like, presence and charisma. And they set, him up, they set him up to do that because, like, he came out there in, like, just jeans and trainers. I like, literally wrote you know, a note, like, this guy has to wrestle shirtless in skinny jeans, but that's a bitch. Because doing anything in skinny jeans sucks. And they set him up to be the star of the match because, like, the whole match was, like, best friends beating up. Frankie Kazarian until Frankie Kazarian could tag Scorpio Sky in and he just ran wild. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they really, this whole match was just to de- like designed to make a star out of Scorpio Sky. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm sort of like I like that. I like that they, you know, they have they had this obvious dynamic of two veterans, one sort of like, you know, not a rookie, but you know, compared to the other two, more of a yeah. rookie. And it's like, all right, well, let's 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 get this guy over. Let's make him into a star. Like, yeah. Well, the other thing too, during all that interference in the beginning, though, even though clearly, I'm getting storytelling wise, it led to good a lot of very very good things. But then the moment right before he did the move, the Lucha Brother guy, where he smashes like the guy Chris's head on the ramp, he's literally got one hand not even tightly holding on to like like it's like he has a hand resting on the guy's back and the guy is just stood there bent over like folded in half in front of the guy his other hands up in the air like posing he's yelling at the crowd like there's literally nothing there's no reason for the guy to be standing there and for the guy to not be at least pretending like he can't get away he's not even trying to find him he literally looks like he looks like someone's sex doll they've left propped up and inflated and just left there just you know butt up in the air stood there waiting for someone to come do something to him and i'm just like really and and then it had such serious repercussions wasn't even didn't even feel bad for the guy i'm like you could have moved 
you could have tried. You could have done anything. You could have even pretended the the weak shuffle your shoulders back and forth to at least look like you're struggling. Like, it looked really stupid to me. And I thought it was dumb. I actually agree with that. I feel like, like people just standing there, like, when they're about to get hit by a move is fine if they've been beaten up to a point where they're too exhausted to fight back. But this guy's, like, the match fresh. Hasn't He's, started. yeah, the match would side, yeah. This guy's fresh and he just stands there one thing right i you know the guy who did that move yeah he's a wrestler called pentagon jr uh and he is one of the best wrestlers on the entire planet in terms of his in-ring work he's ridiculously good at it but he has a really bad habit which is that he primarily is just a massive indie wrestler. Like, he just tours indies doing multiple matches every single week and stuff like that. And when you're doing that, the main way you make money is merch sales. So he really, really focuses heavily on getting himself over with the crowd so people want to buy his merch. Which means he does a lot of interacting with the crowd and taunts and gestures and, you know, cheering and stuff like that. And that's fine when you're touring the local indies. But one thing that really bugs me is even when he has big matches and big moments like this, he still does them. And that's that's sort of the annoying thing. is like If he'd have just grabbed him, picked him up and done the move, it would have been fine. But nope, he has to stand there and he has to do his taunt with the crowd to get the whole crowd chanting his chant, you know what I mean? <sighs> it drives me mad. Yeah. Either way, it's like that that doesn't help by already, as you predicted, hating every moment of that interference when the guy is just letting it happen and there's no reason for him to be. And it's also like the guy didn't even look like he had a good grip on him. It wasn't like I said, he saw his hand, like his shirt fisted in his hand or he's like really holding on to his hair or his head, his neck. His hand was practically just resting like his hand even looks half open still. I'm like, are you even holding on to him? Or are you just, like, presenting yourself prostrated for this guy just to let him have his way with you? Like, what is happening? It's like one time Pentagon had a match against Kenny Omega. And those two are, like, incredible. And it was such a dream match. I had been so hyped for it for so long. I was so excited. And then the first, like, five minutes of the match were just Pentagon doing his, like, crowd chants and jeers and stuff like that. And I was like... Really? Really? You're doing like a dream matchup of two of the world's best wrestlers ever facing each other on a massive pay-per-view event and you're going to spend your time taunting and do just getting the crowd to chant things? Like, no, there's a time and a place for that. This is not it. Exactly whole thing's dumb especially because like when they're doing the intro i completely forgot that this tournament we were watching was AEW. and my first one was oh i forgot how much i love this rainbow explosion like theme intro they've got going on i'm hype AEW knows how to get me hype from the beginning and then all of it gone the minute all this happened i just lost all enthusiasm or excitement for this match i was just like mm-mm, mm-mm, nah not into it um on a more positive note, you got to see Luchasaurus on the intro video. I did. I did. And then 
uh, when they got to the part of the introducing the next team, I was like, they're called the best friends. I'm here for it. I love it. I love everything about it. I want some My Little Pony wholesome nonsense. Sign me up. And I was already just, I was like, I want them to win. Uh, I changed uh, my opinion halfway through the match because Scorpio Sky was doing such a good job and I just liked him. But at the beginning, I was like, I really want best friends to win. Um, going back just a step, like I've got a few notes on that sort of beginning segment. My first one is like, I know we said it last time, but the intro to AEW Dynamite shows is just so goddamn hype. Like, it shows this awesome video package with a great song, and then that ends, and you just get this massive shot of the crowd just cheering away, and then it cuts to the, like, entrance ramp, and there's just a bunch of pyro going off, and then the commentator's like, Welcome to the sold-out so-and-so arena! And it's like, God damn. I just wish I was there. It just looks so great. <laughs> like, it's just such a hype intro to, like, a show. Um... And you know how you're like a, a, a stickler for the rules a bit and you really like it when they explain things sort of in the rules? Yeah. And the commentators explain things. You know how at the first it was only Frankie Zarian and Christopher Daniels that came out even though Scorpio Sky is in the team? They actually explained that. The commentator said Scorpio Sky is in the back because the third members of teams that have three members are not allowed at ringside during this tournament. To avo- you know, obviously to avoid yeah, interference and stuff. Cool. And I was like, wow, they actually, you know, like... Because normally they allow I like it. third members at ringside. But because this is such an important tournament, they're like, okay, not for this one. You know, like, for this tournament, none of that nonsense. And I like that. I like the explanation. And then my last sort of note on that, like, little intro segment where uh, Christopher Daniels got attacked is, you know, you were talking about how they're, like, trying to make it seem, like, realistic or, like, do we really try to keep it sort of in kayfabe and make it seem real? Mm -hmm. One thing that really aided to that was there was just this kid in the audience screaming. I literally have a note about that. He was so panicked. I literally have a note that says someone in the crowd is screaming like they're watching their child being murdered. Is my exact note. So I heard yeah. that. <laughs> There's just some kid crying his Wait, eyes out and screaming and like just yelling everyone's names like Christopher, Christopher, <laughs> stop you. Oh it's so funny, dude. That kid, that kid deserves like a bonus. I'm going to cut him a check. I know, yeah. Just hi- hire, hire that kid. Like, <laughs> It was so funny. So funny. And then yeah, I just had two notes. One, best friends. What a tag team name. Sexy Chucky T. What a Twitter handle. I know. <laughs> oh, it was so good. I was a bit annoyed the way they say it, like the best friends. Like the, I was like the announcer did you dirty. Did he have to say it like that? Make it sound stupid. I like, don't like it. But anyway, so yeah. Um, I had a question. Then when the match started. Uh, I hopefully word this well enough that you understand what I'm asking. So the match starts, things are happening, and, uh, like the, uh, battle, ba- I almost said battlefield, because I said BF as the abbreviation in my notes. Why did the best friends wrestler, I don't know names well enough to tell them which was which at what time, he, like, he did an Irish whip where he, like, it bounced off the ropes and, like, ran to the guy, grabbed him, and threw the other guy into the ropes, but as he, like, did that, he dropped to the ground himself, like, like almost like gymnasts on a trampoline where you do like you're jumping and then you like put your legs out and land on your back and then bounce back up. 
I'm like, why did he drop himself to the ground? Well, also, I'm confused. It just, I didn't understand the physical reason for it. Is that supposed to help in some way? I think it could be one of two things. One, it could just be that it looks cool. Two, it could be like, um, just like a sort of show of like how hard he threw him. That like he sort of fell down a bit. I don't know. Oh, it, did you, did he just like drop to a knee and then get back up, or is it? Do you mean like he like jumped no, down like on the his, floor? No, like his front of him his and like down? stomach and chest touched the floor, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, like did he did he throw the guy into ropes and like jump onto the floor in front of him? No, he like threw the guy, and as soon as he let go, while the guy is still going to the ropes, he dropped himself. So he hit the ground at the same time the guy like hit the rope. I'm like, why? And then did just the, bounced back up again. It looks did so the guy weird. did the guy who was running the ropes jump over him? No. Oh. I have no idea then, because like normally there's a, there's a really common spot that you'll have seen a bazillion times already, where people throw people into ropes and then they like jump down in front of them and the guy jumps over them, and it's so common now like that people have actually like forgotten what it's meant to be, and it's meant to be them trying to trip their opponent up. You like lay down in front of your opponent and trip him up, but by the way you're describing it, it doesn't sound like that's what happened here. He just sort of dropped to the floor. Like I say, maybe the the idea is that um. It was like a show of how hard he threw him was that he like threw him so hard he got carried away with a momentum. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember the spot, so I'm just trying to guess. Yeah, well, you could maybe go back and rewatch it, and I might be describing it poorly, but I swear to God, that's what happened. I'm doing, I'm doing it justice. I think. But anyway, also uh, on as a match run, I liked this ref a lot. He seemed like, very active on his feet and just, like, a lot of refs just seem really passive and, like, they're there, they're decoration, they're not actually needed. This guy actually felt like he was doing something. And, Do like, you know he made, he made me believe that me. every pinfall might actually be the fall, even if it was early on, basically. That's how, I, that's how I describe it, how I know he's doing a good job. Do you know how happy it makes me to hear that? Why? Is he a ref you like? He's the PWG ref. Oh, really? Yeah, he is the main referee from PWG, and that's actually where, like, the Young Bucks and stuff... You know, because they funny. all came from PWG. Yeah, like, yeah, Chuck yeah. Taylor's a PWG wrestler. Trent's a, a PWG wrestler. Like, the Young Bucks are PWG wrestlers. Kenny Omega's a PWG wrestler. Like, they all came from PWG, and he was, like, the main referee there. So that's actually where they hired him from. And he really got a reputation in PWG. Like, people sort of considered him, like, probably the second... Like, and still do to this day, they consider him, like, the second best referee just behind Red Shoes for, basically, the reasons you said. Like, he actually, like, reacts to moves. He's, like, super active in the match. Like, he's not an invisible referee. You notice him, but he doesn't take away from the stars of the match. Like, he doesn't make himself the star of the match but he isn't just, like, an invisible component. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Hit the nail on the head. So, I thought that was good. Also, a point another, in the match's favour. Another thing I really liked um, from the commentators, you know, I was saying about them, like, explaining things, was, you know, spoiler alert, eventually the best friends lose, Right? Yeah, the yeah. commentators went out of their way like early on to sort of set that up and justify it before it sort of actually happened, but in like a subtle, you know, and like logical way. Because they were like, now that Scorpio Sky has 
inserted himself into the match, it will throw off the best friend's game plan. Because they'll have been scouting for Christopher Daniels this whole time, and like preparing for Christopher Daniels, and watching footage on Christopher Daniels, but now they're facing Scorpio Sky, who is a totally different style of wrestler, and they might not be ready for it, and they're going to have to judge just on the fly. Yeah, I did catch that. I did hear them talking about it. And I, remember and I love like, I that sort of stuff. I love it when commentators, like, just explain stuff like that, and, you know, like, me. Because, obviously, that's the sort of storytelling, like, you could just pick it up on that anyway. But when the commentators actually, like, say it, it just makes it so much better. Particularly you know? when it's someone like me who isn't a familiar fan, right? And knows the details of all these wrestlers. Which, when you're on TV, that's the goal. The goal on TV isn't just to Anyone keep channel existing fan base. Anyone channel surfing could come in and watch, yeah. It's to get new people on board. Yeah. Uh, my next note was the, one of the first moves I actually knew the name of, given they did say it as well. But um, the best friends guy pulled off a German suplex that looked really good. Because, again, it was very quick, very clean. Like, it's not like we could see them setting up for it and it looked like it had impact. Um, it, it looked pretty cool. And I said so they're making a point of the lack of wrestling boots since Scorpios and trainers is there... Do the boots offer more support or something? Like, is there a reason that wrestlers wear the boots and this is a big disadvantage that I'm missing? Uh, One thing I think is that they grip better. And then secondly, I think it's also that they're much more supported. Like, you've seen how well strapped up and stuff they are. They've got literally zero yeah. chance of, like, falling off or even being loose. Whereas yeah. with the trainers, his opponent literally could just like pull it off super easy. And then his other one fell off halfway through the match. You know what yeah. I mean? So, and I guess also if you're going to do the thing where they like kick him and stomp him to the face, I guess the weightiness of the yeah. shoe adds a bit more impact to that. But at the time I was like, why are we harping about this? But then also like I said later, he, he yeets the shoe into the crowd. So I guess we're highlighting it as foreshadowing. We're talking about his shoes for the moment that he just starts wrestling without shoes. Because screw it. I, I also, there's a bit where... Chuck Taylor, when he first takes off Scorpio Sky's shoe and just fucking yeets it away, he grabs Scorpio's foot and starts biting it. <laughs> and obviously the ref does the, like, you're not allowed to do that, you've got totally four seconds. <laughs> you've got four seconds to let go of him. So he only does it, you know, four seconds and then stops. But yeah. then the crowd starts chanting, you sick fuck, you sick fuck. That, that's what they were saying. I couldn't tell what the crowd was saying. I was he started chanting, you sick fuck at him for biting the guy's foot. That's kind of funny. This crowd was great, too, on that note. The crowd was like, you know, like we already mentioned that one kid just screaming bloody murder at the beginning, but they were, they, they had really good energy. They were vocal. They were clearly into it, which makes me want to be into it. So that was good. And then my next note, I said it before at the beginning, but I really like the pace of the match because I didn't feel like there was a lot of lulls or like downtime. There wasn't a lot of the, oh, I'm so tired. Ugh, ugh, like sit around. Uh, part of it might be just tag teams. There's a lot in general because you can tag people in and out. So it's like, oh, I'm pretty wrecked. Tag my buddy. Yeah, like like, like we said, that's also like one of the big things they did was Frankie Kazarian got beaten up a lot. So yeah. he was really tired and exhausted, but then he tags in Scorpio Sky and then you've got like a fresh person. So the pace picks right back up again and you end up with those like you end up with the idea of you know peaks and valleys you know what i mean like you get like a rather than it just been like slowly building to a crescendo the whole match or slowly declining the whole match and then maybe peaking up at the end you end up with like a series of them you know what i mean it's more like a roller coaster it goes up and down throughout the match and it keeps your interest a bit more like yeah exactly um 
And then I said, oh my God, this move looks real sick and impressive. It was, I think it's the assisted suplex where the guy's like sitting on the ropes and then one of them, one of the best friends puts their other partner on their shoulders so they can then pull him off and like the three of them falling backwards in the line, like they took up the entire like width diagonally of the ring. And I was like, this looks very impressive, hard to pull off. I'm not even mad. There's two of you kind of teaming up on the one dude and it should be like 1v1 right now. Ain't even mad. Because that just looked really badass. And flashy. Yeah, I mean, uh, those top, big, sort of, huge top rope moves always look awesome. You know what I mean? And that one, like, the coordination to do it, like, been up on the but guy's shoulders. that's the thing, yeah, like, when you what? basically are making a three-person tower, because when you pull him over and they pull him behind you to suplex him, right? Like, you gotta be real, real careful with that and have a lot of muscle and then like coordination to pull it off so i thought it was real cool it was probably that was probably the highlight like individual move of the match for me like that moment sticks out a lot um and then it says okay so best friends is dominating so far this is before i think scorpio had been tagged in so like so my standard rule if i apply it says that scu will win and i wasn't wrong so my theory remains. <laughs> In fairness with this one, though, I, I wasn't too mad at this one being predictable. Because you know how we've talked before about predictable sometimes being good? This whole match was, like, set up right from the get-go for yeah. SCU to win. It's like, they get attacked before the match. Their third man has to step in, in his, like street clothing rather than his actual ring gear he loses his shoes mid-match like it was set up for them to lose which in do setting it up for them to lose that heavily you make it obvious they're gonna win but it also makes it really like rewarding and cathartic when they win you know what i mean like you just want to see them win <laughs> like it's sort of storytelling 101 you know Yeah, and, like, as we talk about it more, I can see that even before the match started, like you said, there's all those hints and for it to be set up, but in a good way. In a way that's part of a greater narrative, so I don't mind it so much. Um, and then we get Scorpio coming in, just starting to show off and dominate and do lots of cool things. And at the moment where he sent the one best friends over the rope, it was, like, comedic in a good way. Like, his body almost went Looney Tunes ragdoll for a second, and it was just so good. And it was just pretty funny. I, I, I don't know their names. I can't tell you the specific move he was doing. But it involved one guy being sent over the top rope and into the apron. And as he went over the rope, it was just like comedy gold in that moment. But then we had another moment with the opposite. The guy goes over the ropes and he makes the one best friends guy hit his own partner. That to me, looked, that was one of the moments that looked real rehearsed and very unnatural. And I don't know. It just didn't, I didn't like it. I wasn't like, oh, that was cool. I can't tell you exactly what rubbed me the wrong way, other than it just seemed really rehearsed and set up, and I could see it coming before it happened. So there, there was a moment, right, where you know what they were doing this bit on the outside, where Frank Kazarian like did a he like springboarded over the top rope, landed onto like I think it was Trent's shoulders, and did like a hurricane runner on him. You know, where you, like, put your legs around their shoulders, spin yes. round and, like, flick them. Yes, yes, he I flicked over the top rope, landed into it, right? I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but Frankie Kazarian does not look like he should be able to do moves 
like a springboard hurricane runner. <laughs> like, he's got, like, this bold, shaved head. He looks like the traditional, like, meathead. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, like, built like a tank, skinhead, looks rough as out. And then he's there doing, like, super athletic moves, like, kipping up off the floor, doing springboard hurricane runners. He does, like, a springboard leg drop as well, where he goes, like, ten feet up in the air before he lands it. It's like, you just... I don't expect it from him at all. You know what I mean? Like, he just doesn't look like he should be doing moves that athletic. It's impressive as all hell. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, I remember that part. There's, there's a lot of it, I feel like there was also just a lot of impressive moves I didn't quite get, like, catch or get the chance to appreciate because I was too busy typing a note about the last one. Because, like, the pacing of this match was really, really good and it was it just always kept moving. There wasn't downtime for me to be like, oh, I can look away from the screen now while I type this onto my other monitor, you know? So I might have missed a few moments as well. Like, And even at the end of the match, they're showing the replay of some of the flashiest moments. And I was like, I saw most of these. But there was one or two. I was like, when did that happen? Where was I? But I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't mad about it. Because it just means that there was a lot going on. It was a content packed, like, match. And then my next note also, again, as Scorpio starts to do more, I was like, he seems really nimble and athletic. I like his style. Like, he, he pulls off the big moves, but he also just seems like the kind of agile, light on his feet, like, technical side of things. I don't know, he just, and then it just went, oh my god, that shoe just got yeeted. Because that's, we're at that point in the match where he's like, who needs shoes? Psh, gone. And I enjoyed that little moment, little little bit of, little bit of lighthearted comedy there. And then Kasarian comes back in, and he's finally actually getting to do something. And he did, they called it a, a leg drop. And I said, whatever that was, that looked painful. Like, that was one of those moves I felt watching it. I was like, oof. Also, I noticed overall, I was like, Kasarian just seems to take way more abuse than Scorpio. Maybe just because they're playing off the, like, older, seasoned veteran, newer guy. Like, young, fresh, kind of. And like I say, the fact the, fa the fact that he... Everyone knows who he is. He'll still be a star even if he gets beaten up in a match whereas Scorpio yeah. Sky doesn't have that status yet. So like I say, they wanted to build him up to be a star. Which seems yeah. to be the trend of this tournament because that happened in the first match as well. Was like Yeah, because they beat the Young Bucks to yeah. start making them the young The Young Bucks are like already established stars. So that whole match between them and um, Private Party was done to get private party over and build them into stars. And here they're doing the same thing, but with Scorpio Sky, like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it makes sense. This is a good format to do it in too, because you're just getting the sheer most volume of wrestlers through your door, because tag team uh, more people and a tournament, so lots more matches. Like. And also it's the brand new, like this is the third episode of their TV show. If there's ever a time to be building stars. Yeah, do it early. Just, yeah, right? do it early. Particularly because a lot of the star power we've talked about in AEW is on the upper end of the wrestling aging scale. Like Jericho, Kenny Omega, like they're amazing, but they're also not, you know, the the young new guys yeah, they were. Exactly. They've been doing this for a while. They can't carry, them and other names can't carry AEW forever. So start building them now. Good business move. And then again, this is where I started this part. I was like, the Scorpio guy is making me want to cheer for him. But I wanted to cheer for best friends. Because name, best friends. But Scorpio won me over. Which also means they're doing their job right. Because even by the end, I'm like, I want to, in my head, cheer for him. But I literally can't. Because this guy's just done such a good job that I now want him to win. So, clearly, they did it very well. And they knew what they were doing. Very One thing that really bugged me 
<clears throat> from a storytelling perspective, and like from a booking perspective, more importantly, is you know how we've been talking about how this whole match was done to get Scorpio Sky over and build him into a star, right? The best friends have a spot that they do most matches where they hug each other. And it's like a big thing, they always build right up to it and it always gets a huge reaction from the crowd, right? Because who don't love hugs, you know? And someone will always go to interrupt them because it's really cheap heat. You know, it's a good way, easy way to get the crowd to boo somebody, right? Whoever interrupts a hug will get booed. It is like clockwork, you know what I mean? So this match, they go to do the hug spot and Scorpio Sky, the guy they're trying to get over and make it into a star, interrupts the hug and gets booed. And it's like, wh why? Yeah. Why would you get the guy who you're trying to get over and get into a star booed like that? Why would you That's book him true. to do that? Maybe, like, only thing it thinks maybe show that he, like, he wants this, he wants that title. He was yeah, that's all I could think of. It's, like... it's, it's uh, one thing AEW has tried to do with a lot of their characters is not just doing the heel face thing. Like, they're not, they're not all pure good, pure bad. Like, a lot of their characters, you know, will do things that are, like, heelish to try win matches. So, like you say, maybe that's the logic here is you know that they wanted to show like this guy really wants to win these tag team belts he's not just going to stand by while these guys hug each other you know what i mean he's going to take the opportunity but in that case just like just don't have the hug spot in the match you know like if if, if you or have frankie kazarian be the one to break it up instead because yeah then that would have made a lot Scorpio, more sense it's not scorpio getting booed it's kazarian who you know isn't the one you're trying to like sort of get over and build into a star yeah also i, I loved on that note when he broke up the hug they panned to this one guy in the crowd one guy glasses beard his reaction and i know it's where number one put your tongue back in your mouth because he's just like mouth open cartoon tongue falls out just like hanging there looking like shocked but like number two how did the camera guy how did you manage because they didn't just film just the face they got him going from normal deadpan like watching the match face and oh they're hugging to the shocked and affronted you broke up the hug how dare you I'm like how did you know how do you know to switch to this guy and get that reaction unless it was pre-recorded and they're just cutting to that someone recorded like wait play that back like i don't know the timing of it just seemed kind of hilarious and also like this one dude the whole crowd one guy so apparently we liked his reaction enough to just focus him for a minute if you remember the moment i'm talking about the, the thing about crowd reactions though is that they're so hit like sometimes they are pure gold sometimes they'll cut to someone who's literally just sat there not reacting whatsoever like so it's, it's a very hit and miss art form is filming a random audience member reacting you know what i mean yeah for sure for sure <laughs> but it maybe it gave me a good chuckle uh, I also said this crowd's a bit fickle because at the beginning they were chanting SCU, SCU. Now they're ch chanting for the best friends. It's like you're the opposite of me because I started out being like best friends, best friends. And now I'm like, nah, man, I want SCU to take this purely because of Scorpio. So I, I, I just found it funny that I was like directly opposed to the crowd, it seemed like. So so what you're saying is you bought totally into the narrative they were trying to tell. I did. I've already Scorpio mentioned it. I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they did their job because I literally... 
thought I want to cheer for best friends, but I can't. And there is like, I feel like I can't because this guy's just doing so good. And I like it. Like, you know, so they, it worked on me a hundred percent. They, whatever went on in my brain is what they wanted to happen. So good for them. And then I said, all the stuff in and around the apron was really well done in this match. Like, so much happened in there. I could never get good specific notes on it. But every time they were in the apron, the moves that were there, they were a balance of big and flashy to also the more subtle stuff and the recovery time. But everything that was done out there just was always entertaining. A lot of times when stuff leaves the ring, for me at least, it's 50-50 whether I enjoy it or whether it borders on that territory of the gimmicky or the over the top or the unrealistic, like the stuff I don't like. But I really liked everything that happened in and outside the ring, barring the beginning <laughs> in this match. I don't know if you thought the same thing or not, or if you took any note of the stuff in the apron. Um, Yeah, like a lot of the stuff on the apron was like simple stuff. Like one of the only real moves that's what happened on the apron was like, you know, one guy tried to go for a move and Frankie was only like just flicked him over so he landed on his back. Like there was no nothing like over the top or super complicated. It was all very sort of simple stuff. You know what I mean? Which is sort of um both of these teams sort of wrestle that style. They're both very just solid fundamentals teams like neither of them are like the flashiest of teams you know scorpio sky is like the flashiest guy in this match and even he isn't super flashy compared to like the young bucks or private party you know what i mean like both teams just wrestle a very sort of solid fundamental keep things pretty simple style and i think that's one of the reasons they worked so well together you know what i mean as a pair of teams yeah uh, and then we get to the end. SCU gets the win, like I predicted. And again, perfect length, ma length match for me. Short, but it felt jam-packed, well-paced. And I wasn't just waiting for it to be over by the time it ended. I was still, like, in good spirits. And I was satisfied with the win. I felt really bad, though, that, uh, for SCU. Because they botched their finishing move. Oh, did they? I didn't even notice. Because what it's meant to be... Is Frank Kazarian picks them up to do a power bomb, and Scorpio Skylight jumps and put his knees up so the person gets power bombed onto his knees. But he like mistimed it totally, and like Frank Kazarian power bombed a person, and then Scorpio Sky just sort of jumped at them and flopped next to them. And it's like out of all the moves in the match to botch. You botched yeah, the very last move of the it's match. It's a bit unfortunate. <laughs> that is hella unfortunate. And then obviously, because it was the finishing move, they had to show replays of it. So you just got to like <laughs> re-watch them botching this move over and over again. Oh, boy. Either way, the filthy casuals like me didn't notice. So, But mostly because I don't know what anyone's finisher is, so I'm not going to care what you do to win the match. I just want you to win. Yeah. The only finisher I know is I know Kenny Omega's and that's it. And I know Okada's and that's it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not even like their finishing move, like finisher, finisher. I think that was just a move they used to finish this match. They just sort of, you know, messed it up. Maybe that's why. Maybe they haven't rehearsed it enough, you know? <laughs> it's not their finisher. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, well, either way, solid match. I think that's a... I'm pleasantly surprised and happy that that's the first match of our podcast episodes for 2020. Set a good tone, maybe, for me. Maybe I'll like more of the matches this year. You never know. 
I mean, that's the dream right there, isn't it? You know, we can hope. Um, I'm pretty sure the next match of the tournament is the Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express. Because, you know, part of the reason the Lucha Bros were there to attack SCU was because they had a match, you know, later that night. Like, their match happens on the same episode. But the saddest part about that is we don't get to see Luchasaurus. And I really want you to show, see Luchasaurus. Cause we'll it's watch him fucking eventually. Luchasaurus, dude. We'll get there. I have faith. <laughs> but yeah, you'll get to see Jurassic Express and you get to see, like, the Lucha Bros. Um, who are just incredible. Um, but that will be a very, very different match to this one. Which is a good thing. Like, you want, in, in a promotion, you want variety. I mean, this was already a very different match to the last one, you know? Like, the last one was super fast-paced, high-intensity, full of insane athleticism and flying and stuff like that. And this match was, like, all about storytelling and, like, fundamentals and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and, I, and then the next match is going to be even more different. And I, I love that. I love that every match isn't the same. You know, I love the variety just within the one promotion, within the one division, within the one tournament, you know? That's what you want in wrestling. You want variety. Yeah. Oh, also, I, it's going way back to the beginning, I noted something that also made me pleasantly surprised to hear and happy. They mentioned that the tournament, like in Philadelphia, like sold out in 22 minutes, like audience tickets. So that's hype. Like... Brand new promotion going right up there trying to challenge and be right up there with like WWE and you sell out your, maybe not full on like arena, but your venue in 22 minutes, which also looked like a decent venue. Like it wasn't a small indie crowd. I was like, good on you, AEW. Gives me hope. Did you hear about their- Challenge their superiority. I was about to say, did you hear? Why would you have heard anything AEW related? Um, (laughs) A bit of AEW news about how successful they've been on the subject and haven't been crazy successful. So, you know when they signed their, like, TV deal with TNT? Sure, yeah. They signed a one-year contract where TNT would cover their production costs and they would get ad revenue, but they wouldn't get any upfront money. And the idea was it would be a year-long trial to see how they did, and then if they were happy, they'd re-sign them to a better deal. Right? Right? Makes sense. Totally normal sort of stuff in the TV industry. Well, they've been on TV for three months now. Three months out of their year. And TNT the other day re-signed them to a TV deal all the way through to 2023. On a deal worth $147 million. Damn. After Jesus. three months. <laughs> That's impressive as shit. They were meant to be on for a year trial and TNT was like, nah, we need to snap these guys. We need to lock them down on a long-term contract This because these guys are fucking money. Like, ridiculous. But the thing is, like, you can, if you start to look at, like, the ratings and stuff like that, right, you can proper see why. Because, you know, in TV these days, 
companies care much less about sort of the overall viewer number than they do about how much you appeal to young people. Yeah. That is the key demographic right now. That's what every TV company cares about, right? Yeah. AW. Because uh, young people are not using TV more yeah. and more because we're all like Netflix, Hulu, Disney+. Yeah. Plus. Like, so if you can bring in young people to actually watch TV, then it's that's a big deal. Yeah. AW is massively successful among young people on TV. Yeah. Like, there's in NXT used to be neck and neck, right? In ratings. Yeah. But every yeah. week they were neck and neck. AEW would be in like the top five or top ten for young viewers. NXT would be in like the thirties or forties of the night for young viewers, even when they were neck and neck on total viewers, right? Yeah. And more recently, AEW has just been like widening the gap. Like they're now getting like nine hundred thousand viewers every episode, whereas NXT is getting like five hundred or six hundred thousand every episode, right? Mm-hmm. And the other night. AEW had a show where they got 980,000 viewers just on their own and they were second for the whole night among young viewers. They beat basketball Oh shit! for young viewers. That's impressive. You can see why TNT want to lock them down. <laughs> you know, like, they are insanely... Po- and their viewer numbers are just going up and up. Like, you know, they're not dropping or stagnating they're actually growing and super popular among young viewers it's ridiculously impressive for such a like new startup company you know what i mean so it makes sense that tnt would just want to like lock them down and get them in a contract you know for a long period of time yeah um and like that the amount of money the TV deal has given them actually means that even though they've only been around as a sort of promotion on TV for three months, they are now already the second highest earning wrestling promotion in the whole world. Oh, it wow. it used to be New Japan. New Japan were like the second biggest Damn. earner after WWE, and they've just taken over New Japan just by signing a single TV deal. Shit. So, um, good on them, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty damn awesome. Another fun fact about AEW is that, you know Chris Jericho? Yeah. He likes to do a thing called the Jericho Cruise, where once a year he sets up a cruise where it has wrestling on the boat, rock concerts on the boat, including his own band, and people just get drunk and have a good time and watch wrestling and rock music. Oh my god, that's amazing. Right? And it's, it's quite expensive to go on because it's a cruise and it's, you know, whatever. And he does them once a year, right? And he did them when he was under WWE, but WWE never liked it. They never, like, promoted it. They never let him have WWE or NXT wrestlers for it. So he had to get indie wrestlers and stuff like that, right? Because WWE has spoil sports and stubborn. Do you want to know AEW's approach to the Chris Jericho cruises? Sure. This week's episode of AEW Dynamite was filmed on the Chris Jericho cruise. Oh my god, amazing. Like, they had all, they had the ring there, they had an entrance ramp, they had all the cameras and everything, and they're just on a fucking cruise ship, dude. It's incredible. 
10 out of 10. Uh, amazing. Ah, balls. But yeah, I think that's um, everything. Next week we get to watch uh, Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express continuing on yeah. the tag team tournament. But yeah, I think I think overall you're probably going to enjoy tag team wrestling quite a bit just because of what we've discussed with the whole like pacing of it, the fact that because you can tag it's one person tag in and out. also tag team combined with AEW seems to be doing everything correct, at least yeah. for me as a viewer. I really uh, yeah, it. I'm really enjoying AEW as a promotion. They're so good. Like They do storytelling and stuff so much better than other promotions. And you haven't even seen some of their best bits, like their video packages yeah. and promotions. Like even their promos, they do better than WWE, and that's meant to be WWE's whole thing, is that <laughs> they do promos and stuff. Yeah, I'm loving them as a promotion. I watch them every single week, which I haven't watched weekly wrestling for a very, very long time because before the only weekly wrestling was WWE, and uh, fuck watching Raw and SmackDown every week, I'd lose my mind. I just watch, like, the highlights. Like, if it, when it comes to, like, WWE stuff, I literally I just keep my eye out. And if I hear about a good segment or a good match that takes place, I'll go and watch that good segment or match. Other than yeah. that, I just keep up with the storylines, you know, via, like, Twitter, Reddit, and their YouTube account and stuff like that, and, like, Wrestling Observer. Like, I never yeah. actually watch it because it's, I have to, you have to watch, like, five hours of total shit just to, like, follow some storylines and watch some shit matches. No, I'm okay, thank you. I'll follow the storylines just on text where it only takes me ten minutes. And yeah. if there's a good match, I'll watch the good match. Like, I ain't dedicating five hours of my life to that. But, yeah, um, that's it for today. And thank you very much for listening, everyone. And thank you for putting up with my illness and disease and keep an eye out for the next episode you can follow the podcast on twitter making a mark mam wrestling mam wrestling on twitter and then you can follow me on instagram hanzo kurosawa and you can follow laura on twitch laura k483 um yeah thank you very much for listening peace thanks bye